0: Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. My guest for you today is one of my closest friends, Mike Chang. He is the founder of Six Pack Shortcuts. They built it to around $13 million a year. And the reason why I like talking with Mike Chang is after he left Six Pack to pursue his passions and to focus on, you know, consciousness, spirituality, and like just being a happy person. One of the reasons why I really like him is he's kind of done it all, right? He's built a business, he's found happiness, he's found peace, and now he's preaching about it, right? And and it's really, it's really refreshing because I'll either be too much in the business side of things and I'll kind of starve the part of me that craves something more about happiness or I'll be too much in my happiness and I won't focus on revenues. And then, you know, my business plummets, right? This guy is really good at kind of bringing both of those worlds together. Like imagine what it would be if you're able to live in a world where you could build the business that you love. And not only that, but you're also healthy. You're happy. You're in a loving relationship and you're relaxed. How much more positive things can you do? Like how much more goodness can you bring into your life? How much feelings of excitement and passion and fulfillment could happen if you just allowed yourself to, really live the ultimate version of yourself every single day guys Uh, I'm so excited uh, to catch up with uh, my friend because you know we haven't talked to each other for a long time since he got stuck in Texas and couldn't make it back to Bali Uh, so guys hopefully this helps let me know what you guys like best from this this is just a catch-up conversation but you're gonna learn a lot of things from business to spirituality to how not to be a victim to me revealing some dirty little secrets about my past So many things. I'm so excited for you guys to hear. But with that being said, cue the intro. Dude. Dude, um, you got hair. I do got (laughs) hair. (laughs) This quarantining thing is messing me up, man. Barbers are like afraid to go cut my hair. They're like closing down shop. Um, it's kind of sad, you know, like a, some of the local businesses are like, like Moana is closed. Um, oh, man, yeah, really? yeah. I don't know if they're doing reconstruction or if they got hit hard. It, it's, it's weird, but things are still kind of like going on pretty normally here in Bali. What's nice, it, what's man. it like in, uh, Texas?
1: Well, everywhere you go, ninja mode. Really? <laughs> Actually, yeah. I have no idea
0: because I try not like, I mean, I try being aware with the news, but I know like a lot of it is just preaching negativity and there's like agendas behind like certain things they say in the news. So like, what's yeah. it like actually, you know, coming from Bali, um, I remember the last time we saw each other, you were like, your eyes are dripping because you like got sick with some type of crazy disease and I was afraid to hug you because it was just right when the Uh, pandemic hit, and we, I just thought everyone was contagious, and uh, we had, like, this one, like, snot-infested hug, and I knew that I was not going to see you for, like, several months, right? What was it like, uh, kind of experiencing the pandemic here, and then going into the states, right when, like, the states, because the states didn't really get hit hard for, like, another couple of weeks, right? So, what was it like comparing both of those? Uh
1: night and day difference night and day man you come from you come from bali to where it exists but you know people are a little more chill and then over here people are already a little more fear-stricken you know and then you add in the corona and it's like it's uh different yeah really really just really different you know for for us us because we don't uh, we we don't really go out to party much and when we got here we just started working and just working harder because it's like there's not much to do so mm. we just so it didn't really affect us as much you know but mm. when we do go out like lately we've been going out a little more and now it's like oh yeah right the mask it's like a it's like <laughs> a joke like all right let's just all dress up and we'll just all be little secret ninjas you know mm. <laughs> Walk well, what, around. What's,
0: what's it what's it like though because. You know, is it is it pretty scary? Is it like apocalyptical? Or I I literally have no idea because my dad stays inside in Chicago and my mom's in the Philippines. Like I I have no idea how Uh, bad it is. Like we we saw this video where you know there's like crazy riots now, and I'm like, what is going on?
1: Yeah, yeah, man i I didn't get a I didn't I didn't get too involved in that. A lot of people started real. Diving into the Black Lives Matter thing, and it's not be is not because I don't I don't care uh, for equality. You know, it's like it's just because I realized, like you know, doing more of that didn't really didn't really help. So there was that going on, along with the Corona, for a little while. It's like on social media, everybody's just posting on chaotic stuff. It's like kind of it's kind of crazy for a little while. Mm. You know, I think for you know for me and and practicing you know letting go and practicing just kind of go with the flow of things so it's not really much of a deal but around sometimes that you can tell when people are really they're just kind of in their they're in their world man and you talk to them and they're kind of a little freaked out Mm. you know but overall though like here in Austin when you go into stores people look at you um, a lot of times you can see it in their eyes they kind of look at you as like you might be carrying something you know there's like that kind of look you know mm. not all the time but it happens and you can kind of see it through the eyes but then if you go to a place like Zilker Park you go to some of these popular areas i like, people are out people don't give a shit man they're like they're out they're jogging they're running they're playing they're hanging outside a lot now you know and it's still uh so it's it's still pretty cool. People mm. are in the lakes, you know, swimming, kayaking, you know, stand-up paddle board. So I feel like I feel like besides uh, besides going into restaurants and going and a lot of stores and things like that being closed, but like this new lifestyle is evolving, more people going outside. You yeah. know, so it's still kind of cool.
0: What what is yeah. like um, like the first couple of podcasts we had, uh, you know, everything was like good. You know, it was like the world was good, everything's good. We're just kind of like doing our thing. What what would you say are some of like the biggest like changes? That you've experienced when all this went down, either like mindset wise, business wise, or just like well being wise? Did you shift importance on certain things? Um, what was kind of like the shifts that you guys made to like adapt to everything that's going on?
1: Didn't have to, didn't really have to, um, didn't really have to do too much, to be honest, man. You know, really, because we just, we just worked. We just worked. It was actually easier because usually when, when we're here, you know, well, once people know that, that I'm here, you know, they'll start to invite me out and there'd be a lot of stuff to do, but it was a little less of that. So being over here, I got to, uh, got to launch, you know, Flow Tribe, you know, and, and it's live now. We've been working, making videos a lot and just same, old you know, so there is, <laughs> for me, it's not that big of a, it's not big of a thing, you know? just like i was in bali you know when uh when our buddy ryan was telling me that you know, was my first time hearing about hearing about corona and i was like corona like the beer corona <laughs> he's like dude you don't know i'm like i never heard of it and literally he know i just got i just got back from being sick <laughs> you know but i didn't tell him at the time because you looked pretty you know he looked a little concerned um but you know but for, for us it's been it's been cool Mm. hasn't been there hasn't been any real real changes or any real adaption needed uh we were really fortunate to uh, to crash at uh different friends places and right now we're at our friend james and may's place and it's like perfect vibe you mm. know they're the same way it's like they know yes that's happening on the outside but you know we really don't don't care we're just gonna do our thing mm. and so, yeah, so it's all Dude, good
0: it's kind of it's kind of weird without you in bali man because it's like One of the biggest things that I miss is, uh, like, I'll go in just deep in marketing and analytical stuff and business stuff. And, like, I'll look like one of those rabid dogs at the end of the day where I'm just, like, so frazzled because my mind is in, you know, like, the advertising matrix and whatnot. And then usually I come out from, you know, the icebox room, which is the room that I'm in right now, uh, for those who are watching. Just, like, not seeing light for—it looks like— years or decades and normally you know it's like I go from like that intense war mode which was around March which was like a crazy uh, time for business for us just like crazy ups and downs and I would just like open the door and and it just like filled with such like this warm family vibe where you know uh, Natalia's like making chocolates and cakes and and you're giving me like mr. Miyagi advice and uh Stuff like that. Now now it's different. Usually I just go out and it's just like like Ryan Dima and Indonesian women now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> man. Yeah. Oh. Do you guys still uh do you still do some karaoke?
0: No, dude. It's like when some- when you left, we the karaoke just started stopping. Uh, oh, but man. but I think, you know, these past couple months, like what is this? It's July. 10th now. I think the last time I saw you was March. So March, April, May, June, dude. It's almost like been four months, man. Four months. I think, uh, you know, you know, uh, it's it's so crazy because it's something that I almost uh maybe even wanted, but now that I'm experiencing, I'm like, okay, go back to the old stuff. Like remember one of our conversations where I was like, man, I'm meditating, but I'm not getting that much um you know, good from it anymore. So I'll try meditating in the heat and I'll try meditating in the ice and I'm just like increasing the resistance so I could grow spiritually with like my mind and whatnot. Um, But like, you know, I was always looking for that next growth on a spiritual level. Now it's like crazy because, you know, uh, you ended up leaving, right? You're kind of like the spiritual figure. That's just like the North star in my life. Like, okay, Mike Chang building eight figure business. And then he found spirituality. And now he's just like super freaking happy. Um, You ended up leaving. Uh, Business kept on going up and down. There's like so many different changes. Uh, The world was kind of uh, burning to the ground, literally. And now I'm just like, fuck. It was so much easier when I just had the ice bath and the steam room to meditate in. Now I have to meditate and be calm and all of this stuff. So, dude, it's been it's been kind of crazy just like mindset wise, uh, these past couple of months just trying not to go insane and crazy and to just like focus on business, you know?
1: Wow. You know, the last, uh, the last few months, I've actually, I've actually feel even more, more calm and more, <laughs> more kick back now than even before, mm. you know? And, Tremendous amount of uh, growth, you know, because before it's, you know, we were still wanting to go, we were in the process of launching flow training and getting the method and the practice out there. And so it wasn't, uh, there wasn't as uh, what's the, there weren't people that we had to take care of. There weren't members, there weren't customers that were needing certain things. We didn't promise anything because there wasn't any transaction. The offer wasn't live. Now the offer is live and now the things that we promise people, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. It's like we need to deliver and I'm doing weekly sessions, weekly coaching sessions, two a week on coaching and two a week on training. So my mind is now really, really immersed Mm. into exactly on how to go ahead and support people to live in flow, to let go of all the emotions, to be able to let go of resistance. And so by doing that, my mind is really, really always tuned in, always tuned in on one aspect of that, no matter if it's like the marketing side of it, on how to present it, or if it's on uh, the product side of it, on creating content to go ahead and share and teach. And so doing that has allowed me to practice more of it because I'm consciously more, even more aware of it now than before, and it's evolved a lot. And the outcome of it is now, I, I feel like it's even easier to just be okay with things. Mm. So when the whole riots started happening, it's like, oh, okay, I see it. Look at the news and buildings are being destroyed and people are being killed. And there's this awareness of it happening, but it's, it's, there's no, there's no trigger of emotions. You know, there's awareness that this is wrong and this is bad and all of this, but it doesn't doesn't affect me there's like that this anger and all this stuff and i'll still able to just do okay i know this is happening now i'm gonna let it go and i'm gonna go and focus on what i'm doing because i know what i'm doing is going to help the root cause of these type of things and so i'm contributing my own way mm. and it's, uh and it just allows things to allows things to flow so easily like that mm. and so that's been that's been something that i've noticed and it's really it's really great you know it really is
0: one of the things that i've noticed um and I think it's actually been really helpful to me because up, up since like, and this just happened recently, right? Uh, from the events that happened from November from like getting robbed uh, to getting robbed again to losing a bunch of money in YouTube ads to um, just like seriously, so much bad things. One thing that I was just recently aware of and this happened maybe, you know, like a week or two weeks ago. Right. And the moment it hit me, it was just like this huge weight just got lifted off of my chest. And I've been realizing that I've like up until this moment, there has been this narrative of me being a victim in just like all aspects of things. Right. And and I didn't realize that I was allowing this to control my entire mind. Right like uh, I like it actually got stemmed from um, I had a conversation with Hansen, right? because you know uh, one of the things that happened around this time, which which like triggered everything, and it was like one of the hardest things because I didn't realize how hard it was for me. Um, so it happened back in 2017, like, right? I just started you know my uh like personal brand, but it wasn't on YouTube, it was just all through Facebook ads. Right, And uh, beforehand, uh, and it's actually just like weird even like bringing this up now because it was something that I felt like I, I shoved so deep inside me and it, it was, it's what started that victim narrative in the mm-hmm. point and Hansen helped me realize this. So I was like starting Facebook ads 2017. Uh, the way we were taught to run Facebook ads from e-commerce is you see what someone else is doing and you just like model what they're doing, right? Like that's like marketing 101, right? But I did yeah. it too much to a T. Um, I was like running this viral ad, which had like 20,000 shares and like 40,000 likes. And what I did was, and this is crazy because this has just like been in my chest for so long. Um, I just went on Buzzsumo and looked at like viral articles that were already existing. And I modeled the headlines of, like, the article, right? I, did, I didn't copy the actual, like, uh, you know, paragraphs, right? I, I modeled the headlines. And that's when, like, I didn't realize I fucked up because, you know, back in the day when I was, like, younger, I had this weird relationship with money and what this environment has done for me is just made me realize that. And that was that I couldn't succeed without like some trick or some hack, right? Like there, there wasn't this, this thing that, Oh, if you give value to people, that's how you actually make money. Uh, I think around this stage, especially just how I was raised, like, I felt like there had to be some hack, right? So one of the hacks that I thought was, was, Oh, let me just literally copy this guy's headlines. Um, and just like put it on an ad, right? Right. And it got super viral. The guy ended up reaching out to me and said, hey, you copied my headlines. And I think it was like so, I I was so young and so immature to uh, actually comprehend what that actually meant that, you know, I'm like, "Uh, no, and then I just handled it so badly. I I definitely like wronged the guy and I learned like my lesson. Um, But then, you know, that was the moment that like my ad account got shut down. And that's what Uh made me go into YouTube because I was like, man, I need a, like my ad account shut down. I can't run any offers. I need to now focus on organic. So there was like a blessing in disguise, but it was actually in that moment, even though a lot of beauty came from that bad thing. uh, One of the things that it made me realize was in that moment, in that time, I never actually owned up to the wrong that I did to that guy, right? Mm-hmm. Cause, cause he actually did the work. I never apologized. I was immature. Um, and in that moment I didn't realize, but it was in that moment that I started being the victim instead of owning up to like a challenge or to, um, a confrontation or something, right? Like I was freaking young. This was the first time I'm living by myself. I'm on the other side of the world. Uh, I had nobody. It was the first time I was in Thailand. And I was like, I I literally felt like I wasn't saved. uh, I'm not enough. And I'm being judged by the world. And I just accepted. Survival mode
1: kicks in, you know? Yeah,
0: survival mode. So I just adopted that victim mentality. And that was just in the back of my mind, making me do certain actions and uh, influencing my decisions all the way up until maybe two or three weeks ago, right? And then Hanson, like, brings it up because the guy rightfully, like, wrote, uh, like, an article about me saying, like, you need to take it down or else I'm going to write an article by you. And, like, I was just so freaking stupid. And I should have just, like, apologized and said, hey, man, I wronged you, like, right then and there. And he wrote that article, and then Hanson read it, and then he was like, man, I don't even know if, if I, like, like I literally felt like we broke up for a bit and he was like, man, I don't, I feel like I don't even know you anymore from like you, you copied this guy's headlines. And it was literally like, we were almost going to stop doing business. And and it was at that moment that I, that I told him this entire thing. And it was really weird because, you know, when you keep things in your chest, you kind of like do some convulsions or some like, we like twitches or whatever, because you've just kept it so deep in your subconscious like something that you might've not been proud of in the past or a mistake that you made that you're afraid you don't want anyone to know. And when I, when, when I came into terms of that, I was like, fuck, I actually did bad back in the day and I actually need to own up to it. And it was like this weird process where, you know, I ended up leaving and I started walking around and, and it's like, I was listening to this book, 50 Cent, right? Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter or something like that. And he's like, you want to surround yourself around people that give you a different perspective in life Mm -hmm. so you could see something without your ego in the way. And it was like, I had this new paradigm that I was like wearing off, wearing on. And I was like, fuck, am I a bad guy? Am I being a victim? Am I not owning up to the wrongs that I've done to people? And I'm like at the gym at Nirvana and I'm like stretching and then Aaron Darko walks by and he sits next to me. And I'm like, like, it was so weird. I asked him, I was like, do you think, and I'm like at a, in a trance in this moment. Cause I just like convulged all of like the things that have been the cause of like my imposter syndrome and, and like self-worth syndrome and like identity fraud, like syndrome. And now I'm just like wearing this new like thing. And then I'm like, I, I went up to Aaron and I was like, Do you think the thing that prevents man from being free and experiencing true freedom is all the things that he feels like he needs to hide from the world? And the only time that man can actually be free is all of that dark stuff in the past that he's able to just bring it out and just be open about it, and just know that these were the mistakes, these are, this, to be okay with, like, the darkness from their past, um, and to just own up to it, and it was in that moment that all of this, and why I'm actually grateful for this period is, it just made me realize, like, holy shit, man, like, I've been playing this victim game, this, uh, victim identity for so long, and, I would like to think that, oh, you know what, I'm like this confident guy, but, but you, you don't realize how these, these like stories and these mental narratives behind you can influence all aspects of your life. So that was kind of like the biggest thing that I've realized. I was like, fuck, there's so much things that, you know, now I feel like more freer about because, I don't know, man, like, well, what are your thoughts on that entire thing? This kind of okay. like what I missed, dude, like me coming to you with my problems and you just being like, wax on and wax off.
1: this will fix it (laughs) yeah you know um yeah you're uh you're right you're right about that like when when we don't have to hide it anymore we're free Mm. you know something something that i learned is what do we do when we when we realize this is happening right and sometimes what people do is they feel like okay well i've been hiding it So let me just do the opposite, right? So hiding it is one extreme and then go to the other extreme. Now I'm going to go ahead and tell everybody, Mm. (laughs) right? And they're thinking, this is the farthest away from hiding it that I can be, that I can do. And I'm all about getting rid of this. I want to be free. So then they do that. And then imagine if you, if you go and tell everybody, right, tell everybody, and this is just, it can be you or anybody. But someone just imagine when people go out and they tell people all the things that they did wrong or all the things that they've been holding on to well their intention is i want to be free so i'm gonna let this shit go right i'm not gonna hide anymore i'm going to speak openly and not give a fuck right it's all good but the other person that's receiving it is going okay so wow oh you did this oh shit i didn't know you did this either oh wow and and you didn't own up to it and you hit it for Oh, for most, most of your life. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. All right, cool. But I see you're, you're trying to be a good person, but you're okay. So you're like a really terrible person. before. Okay, cool. Cool. And so for the other person, it's like, wow, they didn't, they, for them, it didn't really matter to, for them to like, know all this stuff. Right. Yeah. The first the person sharing it, it's like, Ooh, yeah, I'm free. <laughs> oh, so it's like the, the, uh, the effects of doing that, uh, you know, is, not always the best right somebody would really need to uh, be selective on who they share it with you know because if their intention is they want to go and and get it off their chest they want to be free what they actually is needing to do is they're needing to recognize and be aware of it in themselves and then let it go in themselves Mm. so that process of doing that if somebody can't let it go internally and they have to go and tell somebody and tell people like that then you know they have the opportunity now to practice on Mm. letting it go and so you know the way to let it go so let it go is not is not to go ahead and talk about it constantly (laughs) because if you talk about it then you're reminding yourself of it and Mm. you remind somebody else of it (laughs) so then now when you see that person you're thinking all right i let it go i told you about this stuff three days ago but i'm good and they're like, wow, man. So you know, you're telling me that felt three days ago, and now they remember. They see you now with that added, that added, that added uh, story. So now it's not just this person. It's this person plus this story plus this thing, right? So every time we add a story, when you think about, it, tell me about that person. That person is made up of the stories that you know about the person, right? And now that one thing adds on to it. So even if you let it go, now you got to get someone else to let it go. And then when they can't let it go, because they see you differently now. So you're like, what do you do? So, so all we have to do is we just have to recognize that's there. We have to recognize what happened and face the truth on it. Right? It's like, okay, this is what I did. I was young and I didn't know any better. And it's just part of life. You know, did I do wrong? Absolutely. Do I need to apologize if I have the opportunity right now? Yes. And if I don't, it is what it is. But inside myself, I know that I am sorry for what I did. I forgive myself and also this is something that i'm going to do my best to not do again
0: mm.
1: and once we recognize that it's like okay now we let it go that means we don't think about it anymore we don't forget we just don't think about it mm. there's two difference see some people what they do is they try to forget about it and when they try to forget about it they're basically stuffing it away and hiding it mm. and it's like oh what wrong? i didn't do no wrong. I'm, I'm a righteous person right but it's not about not. It's not about stuffing it down. When we don't think about it, that means it's somewhere in the cloud, right? We got a shitload of pics and video out. If I go, what do you got in your cloud? Oh, <laughs> but then we go, we can retrieve it when we want, right? Mm. That's the idea. We don't forget these things. But we don't have to keep it on our top our top mind awareness, right? It's just back in the cloud. And so now, when we need to go ahead and bring it up because something, so a choice we're about to make. Maybe we can access this old thing that happened and learn something from it and make the right choice right mm-hmm. now. Then maybe we access it. But if we don't, we don't need to. It gets stored into the crowd, right? And so we move on. That's how we can let things go.
0: Mm. Dude, it was actually so funny because uh, Hansen pushed me to like the extreme. He's like, dude, this is something that you have to tell everyone about. And I'm <laughs> like, dude, that's when it gets like really interesting because – this was like, man, like I, I started wearing the victim game again. I was like, are you trying to like mess me up? What's going on? I thought Hanson like seriously hated me or something. He's like, why do I need to do this? He's like, cause Hanson actually felt all the pain and was getting, for some reason he was getting the pain body attack. And, uh, he was the one that was getting like severely affected by it. And he's like, we have to tell the world, man, we have to tell the world. So I guess even me telling you is kind of like me telling the world now too, uh, based off of what we were talking about. But he was like, I wish I knew this, like had we've gone into business together. So I was like, damn, so I need to tell Chris, I need to tell the swans. So I kid you not. I I just like tell them, I'm like, Hey, you know, this is what I did in the past. I just want to be like upfront and transparent because, you know, like, I just want to make sure you guys know. And, um, it was so funny because Chris just sent me like a thumbs up. Cool. And then, uh, and, uh, Brian Swan was just like, awesome. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, wow. But me actually telling them like got a bunch of stuff off my chest. I was like, "Wow, I feel free." Like I, I sat down next to Alexa, you know, and uh, I told her I was like, "Babe, we need to talk." And she's like, "What?" And and then I do a breath, <sighs> and I told her the entire story, and she's like, "I thought I thought you said you cheated on. I thought you said you were gonna cheat on me." Thank God, like that's all you did. And I was like, "Wow, okay." So this this thing that I, I've been feeling like I needed to hide, that I was judging myself for, that that I was like feeling a lot of like identity um, crisis is about like, that was just creating so much scars inside me that actually prevented me from actually feeling real freedom. And then, you know, like I thought I was good, right? But then that was around Sunday and then Monday morning, happens. And I'm thinking good. I'm like, okay, I've, I've cleared my conscience. I even reached out to the guy on email, on Facebook, on LinkedIn. And I was like, what better way to tell the world than to like, get him on a podcast, say, I'm sorry. And say that I wronged you. And like, I was like so stupid. And, and like, I, I fucked up. And that was like a big mistake. And I, I've i learned from like my lesson and to just say it. Um, he hasn't like reached back out, out to me yet. But <laughs> it's been like, over like three, four years or something like that. So when that happens, I'm, I'm ready to like just own up to it and say that I've like wronged him and I'm like l- learn from it. And I'm so grateful that, you know, just all of the experience that has happened from it. But then Hanson messages me the next and he's like, hey, I have an in-person meeting with me, Chris, the Swans, and you. We're going to meet up today and you're going to tell them in person. I'm like, what the hell? So I tell them it all in person. And I don't know, man, It it's it just, it was just weird because I started feeling better and everyone else was like, good. But, you know, it, it just, I think the biggest thing was realizing that I've been playing a victim instead of just owning up to the confrontation that could have been faster for me to grow. Like, I think had I've... Just once he sent uh, told me the email to like take it down, I should be like, dude, I'm so freaking sorry, take it down and just learn from my lesson. But because I've prolonged the confrontation, like for like years now, right? And you know, like when you travel, you grow in maturity almost like five to 10 years at a time every single year. I can't even... Like, I remember looking back at the old emails, right? Because I was trying to find a way to email him or whatever or talk to him or whatever. And I was looking at the way that I responded. And it's like, I don't even remember thinking the way I did. Like, when he told me to take it down, I I was so mature. I was like, dude, I'm so sorry, bro. Uh, Next time I'm in that country, I'll, I'll buy you a beer. And I'm like, what kind of person was I? And it really showed just how much, you know, my mind has grown. But I don't know, man. What, what what are your thoughts? I feel like I'm just venting now at this point.
1: You know, it's uh, we all, we uh, we evolve and we change, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's all good. It's like it's you're you're in a different mindset then. Mm. You know, you're in a different mindset then, and what's important is that you recognize it now, and you just do better, you know. And besides that, also you know if it if if you really really feel like deep down inside that you you need to go and tell people because that's how you can let it go, then then I mean, you let it go that way, but just know that there are also other ways to be able to let it go mm-hmm. you know. It's like if somebody needs if somebody confesses their love to to somebody, and the way they do it is they have to go in and rent a, a, a airplane and have a little strip up in the air or something, or do something really really big <laughs> just to go and let them know that I love you, or they just go and and have dinner or just a walk and go you know I just want to let you know I'm totally in love with you. Like it's like okay, well they they both serve right, but one is like they have to do a whole bunch of things, and so which one's right? You know, it's up to the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And, and it's just really, I think, uh, it's just good to know that there are, there are different options. There's different Mm. ways to go ahead and accomplish the same thing. And everybody's a little different. And for me, I like to look at it as what's the easiest, most efficient, the least amount of effort, you know, least amount of, of creating more ripple effect of this Mm. while still solving the actual intention. And the actual intention here is let's let it go. Let me go ahead. And to forgive myself. So this way I, I don't judge myself as being a, as being a bad person or anything mm. and just live and learn. And, uh, and that's
0: it. Dude, yeah. I see you, I see you kind of like, like, a like a role model in all aspects because, you know, you've built, you know, an eight figure company and then, you know, you've, you've learned more about happiness and health and, and you're like one of the happiest people that I've ever met. And I'm just like, fuck, that's like so Awesome. Like, I need to learn from Mike Chang, right? What was it? And and, and, and there's so much parallels to, like, our lives, you know? Uh, like, one of our mutual old friends said that when she hung out with me, she literally felt like she was hanging out with, like, a younger, less angrier version of you, which, like, of Mike Chang, which didn't make sense because, like, Mike Chang's not angry, but I don't know. She got, like, a different, uh, I guess, perspective. Maybe in your six pack days or something. Um, but I'm curious, you know, because, you know, it's like you were in the health space for six pack shortcuts. I was like in the make money online space and we all wore like this mask and this self image that we wanted to portray to the world for the longest time. And, and we were talking in the past, you know, it's like some of the marketing tactics that we would have to do sometimes didn't give us like the best press. Like, uh, I remember seeing some of your old ads. It was like, scientists hate this man, you know? And it's just like, whatever. Uh, yeah. what, how, how was that like? Because, you know, your shift, I feel like where I'm at right now was where you were at, kind of like near the end of you uh, with six-pack shortcuts when you started realizing like, what the fuck am I doing, you know?
1: I never, uh, so I never created those ads. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't my department, you know, Mm. we had, uh, we had people writing taglines and writing hooks and headlines and all the stuff. And, and it wasn't like I had to go go ahead and sign off on it. They just, they just run it, you know, just random stuff. And sometimes on certain, uh, certain marketing campaigns, you know, they're like, Hey, here's an idea. And that's because they needed me to go and make a video of some sort. And that was, a, that was a really big challenge constantly because our, our core values, our integrity, you know, between me and the two partners, you know, very, very different. And so, and it wasn't really so much of good and bad because, you know, people come from different backgrounds, but they were just, uh, uh, they're more about marketing. You know, they're more about marketing. And to be honest, like looking back, if they weren't the way they were and so much in marketing, you know, then we wouldn't have grew as fast as we did. At the same time, it didn't, uh, there was a lot of friction and me in, in us trying to agree that this is the way to go ahead and portray our brand. This is the way to go and and get uh, get more clicks or get more sales, you know. And uh, so that was always conflict. And it was on ads. It was on VSLs. Uh, on I would sit there and I would I would prove free to VSL or I would go in and pitch the VSL and then I'd read it and I'd go and grab the copywriter. I'm like, I was like, what what is this? Like this we need to change this? This isn't even true. You know, mm-hmm. this is like, you know, this is this is like borderline. This is so gray, it's pretty much lying. We can't write this. You know, this is this is bullshit. And they're like, Oh, well, you know, well, you know, uh, we needed to write something to go ahead and get there. I was like, No, no, but we can't put this, like you maybe say it this way or this way. And it's like, well, if you say it that way, it's not as impactful. It's not as shocking. I was like, well, but we, we can't write this. I know it's not as shocking, but we can't write this because this is pretty much lying. And it'll be this constant thing. And it's like, all right, rewrite it or figure this out. We'll sit there and we'll try to figure it out. And I constantly did that, you know? And I, I did so many commercials and so much VSL. So this is an ongoing basis for many years. And and, and so it, it, was, uh, it was one of the sources for my stress and one of the sources for, for the, um, for the issues that I had in the company in general. And, you know, looking and looking back, you know, it was a, it was a good lesson. It was a good lesson because now I'm back in business and, you know, and I restarted again, building it back up. But now it's like, I, I realized, I, I realized what we did was on the extreme side of marketing and things and like I learned a lot about marketing in other words and now that I know a lot about marketing but at the same time I see the things that we did that weren't that weren't the uh, it, it wasn't the most integral and the integral so now it's like if I know about marketing but I also have integrity I can go ahead and kind of balance that out and do things that are that you know kind of fit you know in between in between you know creating really good content while at the same time having enough marketing so people would actually be interested and in click you know it's kind of this in between world and over time now I started thinking about this you know and about the idea of what happened if instead of instead of focusing on people on people uh, wanting trying to get someone to go ahead and buy an offer you know, in this case, getting someone to go ahead and join our uh, our flow tribe membership, so the, the flow training group. You know, instead, why not just go and do the best we can to teach this type of practice and teach the philosophy of this training to everybody, and have that to be the primary strategy. You know, for business, and not even think about how to make sales, how to make money, and just look at it as the underlying foundation is. We're going to go ahead and teach this to everybody that's the goal and then so if we think with that with that perspective and not on conversions and traffic and all this stuff basically just on that then the way the way that it would unfold on how we run our campaigns and how we go ahead and get the message across and how we do our content and all this stuff it would be very different than if somebody was to look at it and go all right we're going to create the best type of sales funnel And I thought about that, you know, and that's now what I'm looking, what I'm looking at. That's the perspective that I'm looking at it now with, because I realized like by doing it that way, it's the most, it feels the most integral for me. And also it allows this, it, it allows me to deliver value the best that I can. And, And I know that when value is, is spread out the way it comes back, is sometimes not very, it's not, it's not what is always expected. When we are creating sales funnels, it's very, very specific that if I do this, this is going to happen and we're happening. We have a lot of control, but this type of way of giving, 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 and not worrying about how it comes back, it can be scary for somebody who's, who's not used to, who's not used to um, having this level of faith, you know? I find the way to go ahead and do this and to be okay with it is not to be attached to like the outcome of, of uh, making tons of money and building a huge empire. If it happens, it happens, but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't happen because I was trying to do it. You know, it happens because I was trying to go and help everybody the best that I can. And, And if that does happen and more people and all these people are learning from it, And who knows, like the ways that I was thinking and I would think about how it would make money would be entirely different. Like, for example, before I was really, really fixed on, uh, on the specific revenue streams that we were doing in six pack, you Mm. know, and you know, selling digital courses and uh, supplements and uh, you know, and like coaching. And so I was so, I was so fixated in that tunnel vision that I said no to all other opportunities that could have grew into so many things. But because I didn't know how those other opportunities was going to grow our company or grow the brand or to go ahead and make us more money, I, I just said no to it. And looking back, if I just started saying yes to, to all of the opportunities that was coming and there was a tremendous amount, you know, it was all going into the direction of, Bigger media platforms. It was into shows. It was into reality shows. It was into movies. It was into more press. And, you know, those type of things don't have a direct trackable ROI. You know, if, if Joe Rogan called you up and go, hey, you know, coming on my show, man, heard you heard about your story. Let's chat. And you're like, well, you know, I'm making money. And and right now, if I leave for three days, I'm going to lose out on this much money because I make this much money every single day. So I have to be able to know that if I go on to your show, that I'm going to be able to make that much money back. Not telling him, but if that was a process in your mind, you go, well, I'm super righteous, Ben. I'm dedicated to my company and I'm not going to do it because it doesn't make sense. It's like, like, well, yeah, but you don't know the opportunity is going to unfold from that. And maybe it doesn't happen right away. Maybe it takes a few yeses of those type of opportunities, and then some, something grows from it. We don't really know, and and now I because I realize this, now it's like it's a lot more freer to know that there are so many ways to go ahead and and uh, get what it is that we really want, and we don't have to try to control everything, you know, and so now the way that I'm pursuing pursuing business is more so in that really focusing on sharing and teaching and spreading the content and i really love doing it and the way the way it's going to grow is will be very very different and i'm you know i'm looking forward to being i'm looking forward to being surprised mm. you know and that's uh, and i think that that's really cool that's really cool about life is being able to you know being able to do something like that to where every day you wake up and you're excited about, about what you're doing and just as long as, you know, you're able to live and you have enough resources, don't worry about trying to build a huge, huge empire, you know, and just, and just instead think about how to go ahead and do what you love to do and do it as often as you can, because the love of doing it, that's what makes that what, that's what will make you happy, make you super, super excited. See, now I teach, uh, I, I teach you, teach people about how to live in flow. You know, see, when we're out, when I was in Bali, we're talking about flow and all this stuff and I was trying to wrap. I, I couldn't. I didn't have a central one message to go ahead and explain exactly what it is that we were that we were teaching, you know. And now I found the message that's like perfect for it, and it's easy and it's kind of easier to explain. And it's basically living, teaching people on how to live in flow. And the idea of flow is basically very similar to what we're talking about. The basis of it is acceptance. Acceptance for ourselves accepting other people and accepting our surroundings, you know, that's the basis of it Mm. And so if we're able to do that, then it doesn't matter whether or not we want to change something Let's say I want to change myself, you know, I want to go ahead and lose 10 pounds So I accept the way I am right now and every single day I'm dieting and I'm working out and I'm going to the gym and I'm doing this stuff And every single day at every moment, I'm accepting myself while I'm doing the action to make a change And so therefore, it's a balance between the two. And people, they think that if they wanted to go and make a change, that they can't accept the way they are right now, because what would drive them to make a change? And so they keep thinking when we talk about perspective, right? Their perspective is constantly on if I don't have a fear-driven thing to go ahead and make a change, then I can't do it, you know? And it's like, no, actually... This is the actual real way to make changes you have to accept what's happening right now before you make a change. Mm. You know, and it's like learning how to be able to live that way. Now, no matter what people are pursuing, if you want to go ahead and build your company and you want to build an empire and do all the stuff, then cool. Then during the process of getting there, you know, you're accepting exactly what's happening right now and then you make plans to go ahead and change it up. And then if the plans don't work out or it needs to be it needs to change, you accept it at that moment. And then you keep going and you're constantly, constantly accepting what is happening. And that acceptance basically is another way of saying you're at peace with it. So now imagine dude, like everybody, if they learn this, then the basis of their default setting is to be peaceful. But from there, they can be much higher when you're at peace. You're not like super joyful. You're not super excited. You're just kind of in the Zen mode, right? Just kind of calm and just present and just, know very calm but there's not the super excitement because you're not excited about things right you maybe you'd rather have it to be a little different but because you accepted the way it is and you're doing things to go ahead and change it then you you accept the way it is right now and then sometimes in other parts of your life there's something that you really really love something is happening that you're really excited about so you're super pumped up you're super blissed out You're you're enthusiastic and all this stuff and then When it doesn't happen the way you want, you're back to being peaceful because you accept it just like it is.
0: Yeah, this reminds me whenever we would uh, go to get some dinner, like here, you know, I would literally tell you my problems and then you would uh, give me the answer in one of like the cornerstones of flow training, you know? You'd be like, oh, you know, it's just because you're uh, judging, you're competing and you're comparing yourself, Mike. And I'm like, oh, oh, wow. It's like actually really good because uh, your philosophy on life is is something that's like applicable to so many things, right? If you're running a Fortune 500 company, if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to fall in love, right? It's like certain cornerstones that are almost kind of like uh, just, it's like, you know, the Confucius sayings and stuff like that. You're going to have this thing in the future, like when we're all dead like Mike Chang sayings or something like that, right? Where they could apply to all aspects. Um, yeah. What, what are, uh, and, and I'm just even asking this for selfish times because I know that where I'm at right now is where you were uh, near the end of Six Pack. What are some of the things that that Mike Chang, like when Six Pack is at record high, 10 million, $13 million a year uh, in revenue, what are some of those cornerstones That you wish you knew in that moment in time that could have made you uh, make better decisions when you were still kind of like in this on the fence of many things in your life.
1: So the first thing is learning how to be calm and relax, you know, and that was such a big thing because there was no real purpose for me to relax my body. It's like if like at the time I didn't understand what was the reason for doing it. Like why, why, why get all soft? You know, if I take off my shirt, I want to look super solid and tight. I don't want to look soft. So why be soft? It didn't make any sense. I wouldn't even try to do it. But if I can go back and have one really big thing to focus on, on the body wise, it would be to learn how to relax. And the reason why is so this way I can let go of stress. So I can let go of anger, I can let go of, of jealousy, you know, I can let go of rage and all that stuff. I can let it go because when I when it happens, you know, when I get mad, when anybody gets mad, we get tense. And then so then our body gets used to being tense and intense becomes the default state, it becomes normal. And if I knew to start practicing being calm, then what I would do is I would make calm and relax my default state. So it doesn't matter if I'm bodybuilding, I'm lifting weights. Okay, cool. Then I lift weights and I tense up when I need to. But now that I'm done, relax. And guess what? Relaxing would help my muscles recover. (laughs) Because muscles, because our body can only recover when it's relaxed. It it doesn't recover very well when we're really super tense. You know, our sympathetic nervous system is firing, right? We're still adrenaline pumped. So that would be one thing because that would have been a game changer. You know, that might've, that might've would've changed between that and the second thing. And these two things would have changed everything. Maybe I would've even stayed, you know, but the second thing is learning about not to judge, compete, and compare, you know, that I was doing a, uh, I was doing a call today with my group and it was actually on this topic of how flow training changed my life, you know? And the second thing is on not judging. You know, I was judging so much. Like I didn't, it was just like a judging machine and I how, didn't even know what judging you, was.
0: How are you judging yourself in that time?
1: Oh man, where do I start? <laughs> I was judging on the way I looked. So let's start off with looks, judging the way I looked, right? I mean, I was lean. I was lean and I was muscular. I was the I was the best I ever looked ever, you know? And I was still judging myself on okay, I can look better, I can increase this, I can do that, oh, this part's too small. And let me look at that person. That person looks better than mine. I need to do this. And so if I go ahead and skip a workout, I'll judge myself as being lazy. I'll judge myself when I'm slipping. I'm getting fall behind. Other people are going to come up and they're going to look better than me. You know, there's this constant competing and judging myself, thinking that I'm not good enough the way I was and that I needed to always be better, always be better. My career depended on, my business depended on, it. you know. The ads dependent on, right? I'm the face of the company. Everything depends on it. Right. So always judging constantly, always judging other people, you know, let me me judge them. All right, this person is valuable. This person is going to make me money. That person is not, you know, they're worthless. Don't waste your time with him. And this person is just like labeling everybody, categorizing everybody, right? Putting everybody in these boxes in my mind, you know? And so also judging the surroundings, you know, it's like, oh, you know, if we're the way this, like the, where we're at right now, it's not good. It's not going to promote like the best environment. We need to be like this. I wish I was, I wish we were over here. I wish we're doing things differently. You know, I didn't even realize what judgment was that time. And, you know, looking back, judgment is the biggest thing. That somebody can learn and practice on not doing. And it takes time. And for everybody is different. You know, it doesn't matter if it's gonna take them a couple years or 10 or 20 years. But once the the less that somebody judges, the more that their life expands, the more freedom that they have. It goes hand in hand, like exactly hand in hand. Because when somebody stops, when somebody practices and they stop judging, they're stop limiting. The way they see things when somebody's judging they're always looking through a straw that's like the that's like the the analogy because they're saying that this thing is bad and they say that this thing is bad and that means that this thing can never be good you know and that this event just happened you know this girl just cheated on me and she left and now if i'm looking through a straw then i would think this is bad my life is over oh my god what am i gonna do i'm crushed you know and all this stuff But if I expand my vision out and I see that that's what happened with a bigger perspective, I might go, well, you know, it happened, but now I have an opportunity to go and meet somebody else. Maybe it's a great opportunity to go ahead and take that vacation I wanted to take. And before I had to go ahead and figure out how she was going to come because she really wanted to go and I was having all these issues. Now I can go. You know, I always thought about moving to the other side of the world and there's no point for me to stay here now and I can go travel. There's all kinds of opportunities. And when we stop judging situations, stop, stop judging in general, we allow ourselves to be able to look at everything that is happening. Judgment basically narrows our perspective. Mm. And so that means in business and relationships and ourselves and our life, everything, judgment condenses, everything restricts everything. Mm. And so it doesn't matter. It takes someone 20 years, you know, and it doesn't because every little part, every little, every time we stop judging on something, we can see more. <laughs> and so that's why judgment is a really tough thing. It really it really is. But I believe that if somebody really understood the benefits of it and just actively did their best at it, you know, then they're going to constantly improve and their life is always going it's going to get better and better and they become happier and happier. And that we all know that happier people, people that are in better moods, that have good energy, they do better in life. Nobody wants to go ahead and spend time you know, listening or being around people that are upset and, and upset about life, upset about themselves. No, people will like to be around cheerful people that lift them up. Mm. And so they'll do better across the board.
0: Mm. Yeah. And, and how about, uh, like competing and comparing? Cause you know, it's like you guys scale to a million dollars a year and then you're like, Oh, like let's get higher. And then you're at $13 million a year. Um, how is competing and comparing the other cornerstones of the things that like you talk about in flow training, um, On your youtube channel how did that kind of cause the same amount of uh constriction in your creativity or in your growth at that 13 million dollars a year mark
1: well by competing by competing and comparing you have to judge it's like the basis for judging Mm. you know and so therefore if you don't want to judge you have to stop competing and comparing if you com- if you're constantly competing, then you're constantly going to you you lose. If you if you compete and you win, then you look down on people. You go, I'm better than them, right? I'm more superior in some way. So if we look at you know um, if we look at racism, discrimination, same shit. You just lay- put it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. This race is better than that race. You look at religion this religion is better than that religion you look like sex oh guys are better than girls at this you look right it's always that whole superiority complex you know and that comes from competing and comparing so when we let that go now we're now we're free to again be able to see things for what they actually are instead of this made up idea in our head mm. like if we if we stop competing in, and whose business is bigger? Then we can actually look at the business and go, "What did this business need in order to go ahead and serve our customers better, give them more value, do better for the world?" Right? Instead of just looking at that bottom line number, or looking at that big number, you know, or looking at the amount of uh, uh, the amount of followers or something, and competing with other people on certain things. Just looking at it again, instead of that one that one straw viewpoint, which is revenue because that's what we were competing on before you know it's like oh we hit 13 and now we're gonna we we had a goal to get to 100 million and we had a very specific plan to hit it you know and but then that's the only thing we're looking at and then now we don't care about the cause and effects of everything else it just becomes whatever it takes to get to to change that bottom line number and so therefore, we lose out on all the opportunities. We lose out on things that could be very, very obvious in front of us that we can do that would grow. But if it didn't affect that number, we weren't interested. So again, narrowing that viewpoint, you know, imagine you're competing with somebody else in the way you look and you go, man, that person looks better than me. So now I'm going to go ahead and constantly train, 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 train. And then the only thing that I'm judging my self-value now on is the way that I look. But if I was to stop competing, then I can look at myself and realize that I'm more than just the looks, right? There's a brain in there. I treat people nicely. I serve people. I give value in other ways. And the look doesn't matter as much. Now, it's just all part of who I am. And the same thing, if we look at someone else and you go, I'm better than that person. This person's not as good as me. Then we can't see the value that they can contribute to the world or maybe to yourself. And so it's all about, again, we limit what we see. And so the idea is like when everybody when we start to expand our awareness we literally are able to like get more information we're able to see more information and become aware at more information it's like so we become more intelligent you know and that's why just because somebody has more money it doesn't mean that they're smarter it literally just means they have more money that's it it's like if somebody is somebody is more muscular then what does it mean it means they're more muscular It doesn't mean they're better than you in any, in any means, you know, if somebody's, it's like, so a lot of times people take certain achievements and they have this idea that that means somebody has some type of superiority of some sort, but really those that that's not, that's not real. It's just made up. If we look at the way that we operate, everything is the way we operate is based on the information that we know. If we don't know anything, we can't do anything. You know, our level of consciousness, what we're conscious of determines every one of our actions, determines what we do. If you're not conscious that to the left of you right now is a door, you'd be in that room walking around bumping into the walls because you're not conscious that there's a door. If you're not conscious of how to open a door, you don't know how to slide it open because you don't have the information. You may end up trying to break a wall. You know, imagine you walk into a room and no door knobs. You're like, I'm stuck in here. And I'm, I'm just gonna have, I need to get out of here. I'm just gonna break in a wall. So I break a wall and you get out and you realize that you just didn't recognize what the doorknob looked like. You know, it's like a lot of times this happens. People, they do things because they aren't able to see something that could be obvious. It's just that because they're so, they're so used to judging. They're so used to comparing. They're so used to just staring at one thing that they don't see the whole picture. Yeah.
0: Man, it's like, while you were talking, it's making me even, uh, realize of, you know, I think an analogy or a metaphor that I heard a while back. And it's, it's like, uh, so, so it was like the story of like these gods. Right. And, uh, they're like, we have this infinite power. Uh, how can we hide it from like the humans so that they cannot be as powerful as us. And, uh, one of the gods was like, Oh, let's, Let's bury it deep in the sea so they can't find it. And then one of the gods are like, no, I've seen the future. They'll create machines and they'll find it. Uh, Another god was like, let's put it on the moon. They can never go into space, right? And the other god was like, no, they're going to build spaceships and huge machines and end up in the moon. And then another god was like, what if we just keep it inside themselves? Then they'll never find it. You know, you keep it inside and then the wall is actually your body, your ego, your judgment, you're competing and you're comparing and they will never be able to find it because they're so busy looking out and yet they're so afraid to look in. And and I've been like seeing, I've been tripping out on uh, like Michael Singer's The Surrender Experiment like crazy dude and The Untethered Soul and I'm just constantly thinking Like, how the hell did an explosion happen? And out of nowhere, like, from space and nothingness, this big-ass piece of rock that just came out of nowhere, that was just so big that just sucked in this thing called an atmosphere, which, like, also came from nothing. And after a couple hundreds of millions of years, molecules started happening. And then uh, from that, bacteria started forming. And then from that bacteria, you know, like animals started coming and then it just got to the point recently where we're in like a weird liminal space right now where now the animal is conscious that it is alive. And and then I was like thinking, I was like, fuck, that's like, imagine some bacteria in the corner just one day realizing, or like that fly, the, the fly realizing that it's a fly in this world that exists because it came from like nothing, right? And... The moment it hit me, I was like, "Man, where like in terms of consciousness and uh, our awareness, and just how much I think we could create, in terms of business or solutions or like doing amazing things with collaboration, we're almost like at that point where we're still run by like the animal brain, right? Because as you're saying, you know, judging and competing and comparing. I look at you know my dog Chinta." And that's all she sees when she goes to the beach or she sees other dogs or she sees cats. Back? Yeah, yeah, we found her. Yeah. But but she yeah. literally, you could see it in her eyes, like, okay, this is my family. I will protect this family. This other dog is coming. I need to, like, compete. And it's this animal that, you know, just literally doing and reacting to the animal behaviors, right? But... That's no different than a typical human being that wakes up to an alarm clock, totally reactive, uh, forces himself to eat, forces himself to pee, forces himself to poop, forces himself to go to a job that he doesn't like, forces himself to work at a job where he's constantly getting yelled at, and then to go home and to repeat that for 80 years, never consciously being aware of, wow, maybe this is something I don't want to do, right? And it's like we have this infinite awareness and consciousness and and the ability to create and do things and to be great and to do amazing things because uh, we have this gift. You know, I'm not special. You're not special. But it's like we have this animal shell around our brain that is preventing us from getting to the next level. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. And it's not a... Um... And really it's just one aspect of our, of our brain. And it's necessary when we need to stay alive, you know, and when we stay alive, then we, we need to think and see the world in that way. in that survival type of mode, you know, food, shelter, water, you know, things like that. But when, we, when our survival is not threatened, we don't have to see in that perspective. And the thing is like the people that see life in that way, their survival is constantly being threatened. That's just really, really just what it is. Whether or not it's actually true is, uh, is relative because somebody could be living nicely, but they can still think that their survival is being threatened because of their perspective, because they're judging, right? Because they're competing. Right. And so I'm, I'm only making 20,000 a month and I'm compared to somebody who's making 200,000 a month man, my survival is being threatened, you know, and it's like, because they're comparing to somebody else. And so they feel less, they feel like they don't have enough. They feel the scarcity mode. And so when this happens, they think with that animal brain. And so they think in the, in terms of, you know, just like an animal, but when they don't have that perspective anymore, because they feel like life is fine. Life is abundant. Everything is great. Now they don't think with that same brain. Now they think, With their neocortex, they, they have more consciousness of themselves. They become more conscious of everything else. And then at that point, now their decisions start to change and everything changes, you know, and now they, they are, they're not, they're not, uh, they're not looking to that straw, you know, so to speak anymore.
0: How do you, how do you, like in your situation, how do you remind yourself that, especially when in a worldly basis, we are in a point where it's like our survival is threatened (laughs) because it's like,
1: you know, that's, that's uh in reality that's actually that's actually only one perspective
0: Mm, you know what do you mean
1: well so you imagine you imagine like what does it really mean to when somebody's survival is like being threatened you know if uh if somebody if somebody goes out surfing they may feel like their survival is being threatened because a wave can come in and just take them out and they're done while the other person feels like, you know what? I'm chilling on here. You know, everything is fine, All right? Maybe they're a better swimmer, a better surfer, maybe. Or maybe because you're just not scared. And they know that they're the same level of swimmer and surfer, but one's not scared and the other one is. The other one that's scared is always looking up natural disasters. They really love surfing, they'll go out anyways. But they're always looking up natural disasters. Mm-hmm. They always know about how many people got killed in different parts of the surf world. And, and so when they go out there, they're in the survival mode, right? They're in this adrenaline versus the other person. It's just chilling. They're riding the board. Like I you was know, having a great time, same situation. It's really just based on perspective. And that's the thing, you know, you imagine somebody like, you know, like an Austin here, you know, there's, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of looting going around, not just looting, but you know, uh, uh, uh a lot of people breaking all kinds of stuff, you know, and. So some people are like, "Oh man, it's a crazy world outside," and they think of outside as like it's a war zone. Like I need to defend myself. My shit's going down, and that's just the way they see it, you know. But then, but then, like for you know, for us, it's like,
0: yeah,
1: you know, it's, it's it's okay. It's 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 no big deal, you know. It's happening, but we're we're fine. We're, we we're not gonna jump into a rally and all this stuff. And yeah, see outside. There's nothing going on. Everything is fine. So we don't have that threatened type of perspective. It's all just based on how we see it. Mm. And here's the here's the thing about that. Someone goes, okay, cool. So I'm just going to go ahead and see it in a good way. Cool, I'm just going to practice it in a good way. But here is the tricky part. If we, if we try to see it in a good way, but the way our body feels naturally is fear, is stress, is tension, then we will be constantly struggling to see it in a good way the reason why that is is because every time when our when our body isn't feeling good when our body is tense our emotions that negative emotion that fearful emotion is constantly present it's a natural state of being now it's something that we that a person will naturally feel constantly highs and lows of that same type of emotion that fearful state that that feeling that outside is not safe the feeling like their survival is not okay, you know? And when they constantly feel that way, the type of thoughts that they can think in, the perspective that they see is very similar to the way they feel. And so they'll always be seeing in that fearful type of way. Even though they know that they shouldn't, they can't stop it. They literally can't stop it because their emotions in their body is constantly triggering those type of thoughts triggering that story of fear triggering that thing that this person told him about how the world is going to go to shit triggering triggering triggering. so they're sitting there basically trying to think good while there's this good voice of everything is good i need to think abundantly i need to be good i need to stop judging and all this stuff and then the emotions are triggering this voice on the other end going, remember that thing that happened i was really bad remember what that person told you you see that thing right there how that thing is going to be really bad for you and that thing you need to be worried about and now this person is left with this conflicting this is a this is a person who's trapped in their mind they've got a fight going on in their head and that sucks that really really sucks when there's this constant battle going on and you can't get out because it's in your head you know mm. and so I faced that I've that's why like I faced all these things, you know, and I suffered from this big, big time. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. That's why it's like, yeah, we need to make money and have business. But no, it's about spreading this and teaching this to everybody, Mm. you know, because everybody needs to understand what's actually happening. So this way they can make a real change. And what they need to do is let go of this tension in their body. They need to let go of that emotion. Because when they let go of that emotion, now they stop firing all of these fearful thoughts. They stop seeing the world and as a fearful place because they don't feel that way anymore because they let go of that feeling and the way they let go that feeling is super super logical literally our body is always feeling very similar the way that you feel today is very similar to the way that you felt yesterday and the day before right bring awareness to your body it wasn't a really big change you know we feel very similar every single day And because our bodies get used to a certain state of feeling. And so if we want to go ahead and feel good, if we, if we want to feel good, but currently we're not feeling good, all it is, is starting to do things that make us feel good. And so this is how addiction starts. This is exactly how addiction is created. Someone does something, it feels good. So they go, whoa like that feeling and then when they don't do it they don't feel good so they do that thing again it feels good so they start to remember in their mind and their body starts to remember that when i do that thing whatever that thing is i feel good and whose bodies doesn't want to feel good so the first time you have sex you're like wow that feel great then in your mind you're going her women good feeling <laughs> right program right and then so it's like good feeling, good feeling, good feeling, good feeling. And then so, then it's like, okay, now when we have that program, so now you have now on a certain balance, right? That on extreme level, now it turns into addiction, right? So any type of substances, same idea. And so the idea here is, well, now that we know we wanna go ahead and feel differently, let's do something that doesn't create negative consequences, you know? If you go and sleep with too many women, you may catch something. You may, you may get a little, you may get too many visits on the, you know, at your door in the middle of the night, you know, you may, you know, Charles, you may get a call and say, you know, this is your child. You know, you're like, oh shit, you know, who knows, right? A lot of effects. And so if you take too many substances, there's an effect in your body. So now when I realized this, I'm like, okay, because I tried all of these different things, you know, not the women part, you know, but substances and all of these different things and i realized well let me go ahead and do a practice on a daily basis that can make my body feel good that I can create all good benefits with no negative benefits the negative benefit is i have to spend an hour a day doing it so how do i go ahead and decrease that to be not so bad hey i got an idea let me go ahead and make money while doing that too <laughs> bingo All right. And so it doesn't mean that everybody needs to go and do that and have their career to be about, you know, about personal development. Some people do, some people don't, it doesn't matter. But the idea is like, do something every single day that makes your body feel good, specifically to teach your body how to be able to relax and how to let go. And now we change that default feeling. Because every time when they experience feeling relaxed, their body remembers a little bit. Mm. And then over time, their body remembers more on how to be calm and relaxed more than how to be stressful and fearful. And now their natural state becomes calm and relaxed now. So now the body's calm and relaxed naturally, they're always just chilling. So someone tells them about some crazy shit that's going on. They watch the news and so bad shit's happening right now. They go, oh, they're aware of the bad thing happening, but there's no fear in the body because their body's relaxed. The only time the body can be fearful, the body has to tense up. And so what happens is, when we tense up, naturally we let go. It's a response. It's like if somebody goes, huh, you go, ah, right? It's a natural response that come up. But we can train to not have that natural response, right? And so when we train, now if someone goes like that, we don't even flinch, right? It's the same idea. Imagine your body tensing up and because something bad, like we see something bad that happens, and naturally we tense up. Now we train our body to not tense up something bad's happening. happening are relax. Car wreck happens next to you. Boom. So loud, right? But it happens. Boom. You're chilling. No response. You get to control. Now your body is not running your life anymore. You see, now you get to control the body. Now when this happens, your body's chilling, your body's calm, your body's relaxed. There's not this negative thoughts anymore because it's not triggering it anymore. And now, you're able to think positive. Now we're able to get out of that perspective of survival. That's how you do it. That's the real solution. Until then, all these other little things that people are doing, it helps, you know, it's like little band-aid solutions, but I didn't care about band-aid solutions. I wanted, I wanted the deep root problem to it. And that's the source. That's how I'm able to just be really calm and relax all the time, you know, because that's exactly what I focus on. And then from there, We focus on good thinking, you know, and quotes and principles and things like that. And there's only seven, there's seven main principles, you know, and every one of them actually is to help. I was telling, I was telling the group today that my life has completely changed in the way that I move, not just like working out, but like the way that I move, man, like recently I just started doing some new things. Like I never done it in that way. Like I was riding a bike and you know how you can stand up so i was riding a bike i stood up i took one hand off the wheel and i was just holding on to it with one hand standing up and then i was like wow i wonder if i can hold on to it without no hands and so when i try to let go i can feel my body tense up you know Ooh. and it's like and i can feel and i hear my breathing like starting to get a little more uh a uh, little more uh, uh chaotic right so i'm like okay so then i think about the principles first thing relax second thing Keep very present, no thoughts, because every time I have thoughts, I can feel my body shaking. And I'd relax, no thoughts, and breathe nicely, right? Breathe calmly. And then I just slowly let go. <laughs> and for no, I'm standing there, standing on the bike, rolling, no hands. I was like, this is cool. First time. This was like, this was a week and a half ago. First time. And then I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, I did it again and again. did it about four times so far. And also, like, the week before that, I went bowling. I barely ever bowl, and I decided to bowl, and I, I have this, you know, you see how bowlers, professional bowlers, how they do it, you know, they, they do the whole thing, and they lean and all this stuff. And I used to try to do that because I copy them, right? And this time, I was like, you know, let me just let me apply the principles that I do, use during practice. Stay relaxed, stay calm, breathe with the movements, You know breathe with the movements and sync with the movements and uh be present you know and just stay loose use only the amount of tension that's needed and let go of everything else so i'm just like walking up you know and i just like i'm like really loose you know like no really loose and i just toss it you know just kind of like just toss it and then i look and it's just like flies like boom strike and i was like oh shit, (laughs) okay and then I, I knocked so many strikes. I was blown away, man. I never did that many strikes. I haven't bowled in like years. And I wasn't a really good bowler, you know, everything, man. It's like evolved the way that I move. completely Mm. evolved. And it's like, and so that's why I'm like, really, it's, it's unbelievable. It's It's unbelievable. See, I think everybody needs to know how to do these things, you know, and they're not really complicated. It's the simplest things. It's just, Practicing,
0: Mm.
1: it's like telling somebody. Like it's 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 like things like telling somebody to be nice. Mm. Hey, be nice to people. Be nice to yourself. Be nice to people. How hard is it to understand why someone should be nice? Right? It's like oh, duh. Okay. All right. Now, can you do it? (sighs) Wow, man, I'm not that good. Okay, cool. Time to practice.
0: Mm. And you practice. Yeah, you you practice practice with with the flow training. That's like your physical component of. Uh, trying to control, you know, your mind, right?
1: Practice. So this way somebody can get good at the actual principles. There's seven seven principles.
0: So what, what is like the practice? Like, like if, if I was like listening in on this and I was like, Oh, that sounds really cool. I want to experience that. I want to ride a bike with no hands while standing up. I want to, like get strikes and do bowling. I want to, you know, build the business. I want to, you know, get a six pack. What would be, like your ritual if you were like in that place like how some people do meditation how some people do uh yoga what would be kind of like your system to achieve that end result
1: Well, so it's the it's a practice that we're doing at the house you know 60 minutes four parts you know first part is energy the second part is developing strength the third is developing flexibility Mm. and the fourth is breathing and meditation you know, and the key thing is on the breathe principles—the seven principles. Breathe. So, it stands for the acronym is B R E A T H E. So, B stands for breathe with movements, breathe with awareness. You know, so this way, if we're moving a lot and our body needs more oxygen, then we need to breathe more. We need to breathe faster so we can get the oxygen for the body. But if let's say we're sitting here right now and we're, <laughs> you know, it's like and a fly um, well, goes in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, right so it's oh, not really it's Yeah, you know. So we breathe with awareness. We breathe with uh, with our movements. You know. The second one is our repetition. And repetition. It's like anything that anytime we we uh, do things with more repetition, we get better at it. It doesn't matter if we can use it in business. Right. We're writing ads or writing sales copies. You know. You're building out websites. The first time that somebody did it, it's not good. With repetition, they get better. Mm. It's just a very natural thing. And I was just talk, talking about this today, how how with repetition is actually much more effective than somebody trying to go ahead and study and try to figure and spend all their time trying to figure it out. Because mm. through repetition, they learn through repetition. They get better at doing. People should spend more time using repetition to do things over and over and over and over and over. Even if it wasn't 100% correct, maybe it's only 65% correct. And, and 35% of it is wrong. Mm. But now they build a foundation on that 65% versus somebody who doesn't do it at all because they realize they don't know how to do it perfectly. And so they don't do it and they just study and study. And now they have an idea about how to do it, but their percentage of how to, on actually doing it is zero versus the other person who's been doing it over and over, who's now got it 65% and they need that 35%. So that 35% now, after they've been doing it, constantly doing it, they can spend a little time and learn how to do it the right way. But they've really got 65% of it. The other person hasn't even started right it's all intellectual in their mind no hands-on experience so repetition is huge we apply it to business we apply it to practice we apply it to exercise we apply it to everything you know you apply it to having sex you know imagine imagine young guys want to get better at at having sex with girls and they study all this shit, but they never go ahead and actually try to have sex and now when it starts oh shit, i don't know what to do i know in books i do this and do some finger tricks and all this shit. and then when it actually happens they have no clue. It's like the repetition is key, you know, and that's R. E, e, is, e is genius, man. And it's so simple. E stands for effort. The amount of effort. Effort max 70%. You know, coming from the weight training world and coming from like working out, the idea is 70%. You know, when you first hear about it, sounds like you're being a slacker. <laughs> 70%, you know, you should go 105%, 110% but it's better to go ahead and do 70% every single day than to go 100% once in a while. And so imagine work, imagine if you go 100% or 110% one day, yeah, that's and me then you <laughs> got a lot of it done and then you're burned out, you're tired, you're frustrated. And then you take a day off or two days off. I mean, if you take a day off, you already split that 110% in two. So it's only now 55%, you know? And so, these principles man like once we start to go ahead and apply them into our into our life you know and we practice it through the practice through actually doing it every single day and that's the thing is you know you read like quotes online or you read all the stuff you read books and it's like it's great but when do you actually practice on it and so if someone goes well i can just practice it in everyday life right but when you know it's much easier when there's a very systematic structure So this way somebody can be consistent. Mm. And so if they're consistent, they're able to get better. So then again, repetition. So imagine somebody that's, that's practicing this every day. They wake up in the morning, spend an hour and they're practicing the principles. They're getting better at the principles. They're doing this training. So they're letting go in their body and their body is starting to move from that fearful state, that tight state, that tension into being calm and relaxed. Simultaneously, while they're learning these principles, that are applying in their flow practice in the actual practice and then afterwards they start their day they go to work and things like that and then now because they had an opportunity every day to practice these principles in the actual physical practice they're becoming a little more familiar with it and they start to see how they can apply it in into everyday life and over time these principles become a way that they can move a way that they can approach everything when somebody can go 70% at everything they're literally giving themselves permission to not kill themselves. Mm -hmm. Because you know when you go 100%, that means you're borderline, if it's 100% and working out, that means you're borderline of, your body can't handle anymore. Your body's about to break down, your body's about to to get injured, you can't handle anymore. If you go 100% at work, that means if you do any more, something is gonna break. Mentally, you're gonna break. Physically, you got something, because you're maxed out, right? What happened when you pour 100% fill up the cup? Well, you pour any more and it overfills. And if somebody goes, well, I go 100%, but I don't don't get burned out that way. Well, then you didn't go 100% because 100% is max capacity. 100% is not you have some room left to go more. No, that's not 100%. See, 100% is max capacity, right? And so this idea of 70% is like, don't go all the way to your max all the time. When you go 70%, you're able to do it consistently. And it's better to be consistent instead of doing it once in a while. And then once in a blue moon, you got to go and roll up the sleeves. and got to go 110% because of whatever reason. So be it. So we do it. But we don't do it all the time. Only when it is absolutely necessary. Mm. It's like things can be applied everywhere. Imagine if, if bodybuilders knew about this, you know? then all these injuries, I mean, you've heard countless stories about how people working out get injured all the time. And all these injuries are creating these setbacks. They're creating all these imbalances in their body when all they had to do was simply push a little less and they would get tremendously more results Mm. because they're able to stay consistent instead of getting injured and being out from the gym for months and maybe even longer, you know? And so these principles are super powerful.
0: Dude, that's why I like would recommend everybody to, uh, Take your flow training things. You you said you just uh, launched your flow tribe uh, thing. What what what's kind of like the way that you've been supporting people during the pandemic? Because I think you know when me and you speak, like it, it, it's good because you know we have like all of this history of traveling and and being constantly in front of the knowledge all the time. So it's like it's like a really good reminder. But for somebody like that's in it that has never actually worked on themselves before and usually the first step to working on yourself is some type of fitness or personal development related or maybe you got into a heartbreak or something there's like this decision that always stems with trying to change the physical body or the mind or uh, making a bunch of money to quell that pain uh how have you been uh serving the people that have just came in because you just launched your flow tribe right
1: yeah so the url is flow US. you know and when people, when people join, they go ahead and do the practice every single day. They, they do the practice every day. There's lots of videos that they can go ahead and pick different lengths of time. So they can pick like a seven minute or a 30 minute, 60, 80, whatever fits their schedule. We don't judge them on, on how much they do. We don't judge them if they skip days. All we do is we encourage them to, do, to listen to their body and do the most that they can comfortably up to that 70% you know, up to making sure they enjoy the practice, you know, there's a lot of these guidelines. And so they do that every single day and then they're plugged in into our group. So we have a telegram group and in that chat, all the members are in there and they're sharing their practices after they do it every day. They send in a quick text. They just say, practice done, 60 minute practice done, seven minute practice done, you know? And then they talk about their experiences, they share foods that they like to eat, they share something that they realize all kinds of different things. It's really cool, man, because everybody is so into personal development. And so everything on there is about increasing and uh, in their health and in their wellness. It's all super positive. Everybody's really uplifting. And so somebody plugs in and the first they just start to do the practice, you know, every single day. And then they jump in into the live sessions. So dude, we do two live sessions every single week. Actually, well, actually four live sessions, but the two of them are back to back. So Thursdays, At 8 a.m., you know, Austin time here, you're 13 hours ahead. So, but 8 a.m., we have our training session, you know, where some type of physical practice, you know, and it's different than, and it's different every single time, you know, because we change it up this way people can try out different things. And then afterwards, at 9.15 a.m., we have a coaching session where we talk about some type of topic to help them with personal growth. Mm. Saturday, 2 p.m., same thing. We start off with a training session for an hour. And afterwards, 3.15 p.m., we do the coaching session and we do it every single week. So now people have questions, people are sharing all kinds of things on there. And on top of that, people are asking questions all the time in the group and people send me personal messages all the time. And I answer them with voice memos. I answer them with videos, you know, and people tell me specific things. Hey Mike, like there was a member, you know, he was asking me that a real question. He was like, hey, you know, his girlfriend, wasn't into personal development and he thinks that, you know, she kind of has this, this this personality of like abandonment, attachment, and little manipulation in it. What should he do? Because, you know, he wants her to grow, but she's not really interested in personal development like he is. What should he do? You know, so I gave him a lot of real world advice. Okay, here's what you do. Here's how it works. You know, and there's a lot of stuff like that. People come to me and they're like, I have pain in my lower back, you know, and I don't know what to do. And we talk about it and I find out that they're in a lot of stress, you know, they're in a lot of stress. A lot of things are happening in their life and that the back pain came from some random thing that isn't supposed to even injure them. But they think that that was the thing that injured them. And now they're seeing the therapist and all this stuff. And I told them, look, here's what you need to do, you know, let go of that stress and just start getting the energy to flow because your back can't heal if you can't let go of the stress. And Mm -hmm. once you let go of the stress, keep your energy open open up the body so this way energy flows and then your body will heal itself you know two and a half weeks later healed i get texts all the time like no pains now and it's like the amount of like people save money from doctors people save money from having to do all this therapy because the doctors and the therapies like a lot of a lot of the health practitioners don't understand this it's amazing they don't get it they and and it's like think about it dude Everybody knows that emotions are fucking real. It's a real thing, right? Nobody's going to say emotions are not real. How many doctors and therapists and stuff are actually realizing that emotions affect the body? They think it's all in here, you know? And then when they talk about the body, there's a very vague understanding of the effect in the body. They don't account for it. So imagine who has emotions. Everybody. And so therefore, anything that's happening in the body is constantly also emotional related, along with every, anything else, diet and lack mm. of movement and stuff like that. And when you have health practitioners out there that aren't taking account for it, and they're not looking at that as a probable cause to a problem, then how can they truly give any real assessments? And it's not their fault because, you know, their, their system that they learned when they got their degrees didn't dive in on that. Mm. And so they don't know. But there are so many people because so much of our members are dealing with stuff like that, you know, and they and they they realize they realize that this is a like this is a real thing that there are real solutions out there that their doctors and the medical system doesn't know. So they started looking for alternative ways. It's like amazing, man. It's like this stuff needs to be mainstream knowledge. And slowly, slowly we're getting into it. This, the world is evolving quickly. And my projection is that within the next five to ten years, the stuff that we're talking right now, this is gonna be like like law of attraction. Law of attraction is known, right? Known, but not total mainstream. We're it's getting there. It's getting there, but it's not quite there yet. Mm,
0: like the physical like, type of like stuff, the physical component of law of attraction, where it's like law of attraction in practice.
1: Yes. Yeah. Law of attraction combines directly with it. It's the ability to go ahead and feel, feel the thing that you want to want to happen and, and using your feeling as a way, not as a way, but as it is the way to attract what you want, but people can't feel if their body's too tense. Mm. So then they end up attracting what they feel and they feel fear and stress. Then they end up attracting that even though they don't want it, but they can't attract anything else unless they feel differently. And they can't feel differently unless they let go of the tension. Because if not, the, the tenseness is holding on. Their body is physically holding on to that feeling of stress and that feeling of anger. So they let it go. Now they feel good. And now when they feel good, they attract things in their life that makes them feel good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's amazing, man. Um, and it was like really good catching up. We're, we're literally about like at the hour and a half uh, right now, and I got to get some work done. But, dude, man, I freaking miss you. When, uh, thank you for coming on, and uh, always dropping some knowledge bombs. I feel like, I, f- I feel like every single time you come on, it's, it's, it's like a really good dynamic because actually the distance makes it even better because now it gives us an opportunity to record our conversations. Like how many times we would go to, you know, any one of these were wrongs or restaurants, and we're talking and. We're like, man, Steven or Dima, like, can you just record this? Cause this is so much <laughs> yeah. gold. But seriously, it's like, I think some of the best advice uh, I've ever gotten and and you've even like gived is is behind the scenes when the cameras and the audio is not recording. So this is like a perfect chance to get all those yeah. goodies, you know?
1: Yep. Yep. I love how, I love how you tell me like, oh, hold on, we'll wait, wait for the podcast, you know? So this way we can share it and let everybody else, about it because you're right the best stuff is always behind the scene but your mentality on that like i always remember that i think that is so genius man that's like the perfect thing because imagine we talk about all of this and they catch up Paul, and then we do a podcast and we want to share this but well, we like already talked about it yeah so we gotta pretend like hey let me
0: tell we you need why. A, we need to milk this okay so how long um how long do you think it'll actually take before you make your way back to bali
1: i think about two months man
0: so what if we did this, like, a catch-up call every third week or something? And I'll just be like, Mike, these are all my problems. And, <laughs> and you're going to be like, ah, you know? Because yeah, then yeah. We, could, we could milk it until the point when you're back here. And then, and then all of these golden conversations the world will never know because we, like, we will never yeah. end up in the room because we're always, like, in flow working
1: Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. We can do that, man. I'm thinking That'd about a cool.
0: segment. I'm talking about, like, business, spirituality, and fitness with Mike Chang or something. And then just do it, like, every tri-week. And then just, like, post it up there. And we could just send some people your way. Because uh, I feel like the people that listen in on this would be perfect. Like, like some some are, like, in a fitness. And they might just want to get into your tribe just to have access to you. Other people might want to get into this uh, because maybe they're too much in business and they have no time to go to the gym or they're afraid of being judged. So, and maybe they're men and they're like, "Oh, this, this seems so much easier, right? 70% effort. I could do this. And other people just maybe want like a community of people to just talk about a slew of things, not just business, maybe fitness or not just fitness. Also some parts of relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think a lot of people, like when we have these conversations, just because of the value that you give. And I mean, for everyone that's listening, you know, you are literally who you are on this podcast, even off of the podcast. And I just feel like you have such a gift for making people realize their true potential, man. Like you helped my dad with his sciatica, right? Like even like things like that, right? I feel like so 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 I'm on two different ends, right? Because there's the marketing end, and then there's like just give value, and like things will come back. In my mind, both it coexist at the exact same time. So it's always a battle. The marketers like <laughs> drive revenue, increase ROI, get the sale. Like it's freaking boiler room, you know, just like anything for the sale, which would get me in trouble in the past. Um, clearly from this podcast. Uh, but then you have, you know, the Mike Chang side of my brain where it's like, don't focus on revenue, just give. Everything will like come into place, right? And I feel like both have their strengths and weaknesses because one could just meditate for years and then not get any results, or maybe the world will never hear their message, which is also a big shame. And the other one will just promote things that they don't always resonate with just to make money, right? I feel like there needs to be almost like a happy medium. And I, I think that's why I really enjoy conversations because when I talk to you, it allows me to access almost like both of those minds at the exact same time, especially when I try to help anything that you have marketing-wise because I'm like, okay, I can't do the sensational marketing techniques because Mike Chang, I already know, won't like that to so like ways. And it really like forces me to stretch. So that's why it's like, man... Like I'm so excited for what you are building, and um, if there's any way that you need help, man, just I think we could even do these calls to just even mastermind because either way, like whatever we mastermind or co- conversate about, like I know will help people because like our conversations are like already helpful to me like a lot, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, and you know you can uh you can combine the two together by authentically sharing the things that you know about marketing.
0: That's what I'm doing now. You know, I'm just like, there's, this is like me coming out of the closet and just revealing angry YouTuber, revealing marketing secrets, billion dollar companies don't want you to know about. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just keep going with it, man. You know, you're passionate about it. You're really good at it, man. You know, so much stuff, you know, I've, I don't see a lot of people that's able to go and run ads and create sites. And it's like, I, I remember it's like, you're like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to build out the sales funnel. And then like three days later, you're like, all right, I, I build out the landing page. I filmed the VSL, the checkout page. I'm like, what? The? And like, I'll be one a day. It's like, you're like a one man team. So you have so much, you have so much knowledge to be able to share it. And you're so good at communicating, you know, communicating it and explaining it. And so it'll be, it'll be really helpful for a lot of people. Cause a lot of people out there especially there's uh there's there's people that that don't have don't have all the infinite resources and they need to know how are they able to go ahead and get things up and going without spending a lot of money to hire a big team mm. and i know that you know how to be able to help them you know because you're able to do it you know and it's like so yeah man it's uh it's a tremendous amount of value mm, yeah man. that'd be cool you know? let's yeah. do it so let's, yeah, yeah, let's do these let's plan on let's plan on doing these calls Try week, every, every third week. I'm is, there any, that. Is, there, is there
0: anything yeah. I can help you out with? Like any, anything that I could give value with brother? Cause like, I remember it was like so good. Cause he was like, some days we would, most days we would actually work on me cause I'm a problematic person. But then some days you would ask for help and I'd be like, yes, time to help my chick. Finally called and summoned. And
1: you know, uh, I've been, one of the things, one of the things that, uh, that would be a challenge for me is turning my mind on for marketing and then turning off the product side because they are very different. Right. One is like this is the way I naturally like to think. And then here I need to go ahead and simplify, cut out the details, only the most important, least amount of words, fold out certain things, you know, and it's like, and I have to take a little while to switch it over. Mm. You know what will be what would be the like my dream situation. You know, I don't know if you can help with this. I'm sure you'll come up with some idea. My dream situation is I can speak out a whole BSL. I can speak out all the copy for a website and like just get me talking about, ask me the questions and I'll spit out everything that's needed to create all the all the copy needed for the funnels and all this stuff. But what I, what I need is somebody to be able to ask the questions and also to be able to write down, write down what's important for a VSL, what's important for website copy. And I'll sit there for as many hours as needed. I'll go on for hours and hours. And if that was hap- what that was to be able to be happening like that. Oh man, I would crank things out so quick because I'm doing what I'm naturally good at and I'm leaving the, I'm leaving the difficult thing. For somebody else who is good at doing that Mm. so that's what i really need help with man if i can if you know how i can do that dude i'm I'm all in
0: it sounds like it sounds like our our ramen conversations like whenever we get ramen (laughs) usually that's when we talk about you know that because yeah that was like the biggest thing you know you have all this gold inside of you but it's like the technician part like you're not the technician right you have this and you need technicians around you then uh translate that but but right now you're the technician you're the business owner you're the entrepreneur you're wearing all the hats um Mm -hmm. so yeah dude i think we could even test that out on the next call i'll just start like doing my meditation seeing how can i help mike chang and um I'll, i'll try figuring it out and then we could go from there and then i don't know i think it'd be just cool to document it because man like when when flow training gets really big we're gonna be like dude remember that day on july 10th 2020 during the coronavirus when you know like uh it started moving right from that one podcast it'll be really cool looking back and just like having it as a memory too
1: yeah 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 let's do it man
0: all right brother love it. it was nice talking to you man
1: all right brother yes so three weeks from now man hit me up let's do this again. yeah
0: And guys, check out the Flow Tribe training. Mike Chang is the best. If you want access to him, like how I WhatsApp him or talk to him all about my problems um, and join a community. (laughs) Uh, This isn't a sponsorship. This is just like, man, Mike Chang is the dopest person in the world. So check it out. And uh, yeah, dude, I'll see you in three weeks. All right. All right. Take care, brother. Bye.